0: Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. All right, time for another podcast on elections, and this time we will be covering the biggest state in India and the most electorally valid and important state in India of Uttar Pradesh. And to discuss that with me, I have Ajit Kapadia and Shwetang Bhushan with me. Boys, welcome. Thank you.
1: Hello, hello, Kushal. मतलब आज आज is the Crowning jewel of our election analysis, right? Or we, we, we'll be either most right after the fifth state or completely wrong after the fifth state. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs>
0: so just to gi- gi- give everyone a brief background uh if you have not watched how these election podcasts go these are not more about election predictions these are about the electoral history of a state and what we are going to do today is something similar so what we'll do is we'll start with the electoral history of uttar pradesh then what we'll do is, so obviously, Adit will start with the electoral history, then Shwetank will also come in between and give some electoral uh, anecdotes about Uttar Pradesh because it's very important to understand the state and its journey, right? Otherwise, samadhi not Then what we'll do is, Shwetank is, has the rare, uh, you know, uh, Shwetank got gold mila hua. He got the Uttar Pradesh election right in 2014 and then later on. So, so what we'll do is, then we might get into a district-wide analysis with Shwetank. But before that, uh, ek hai, Adit, now you start with the, a little bit of the history and then maybe Shwetan can come in too. And that's how we'll go.
1: Yeah. So Uttar Pradesh, ke mein, many facts are known to a lot of people. One of the most interesting facts that I find always that when I've searched is it is the first state to have or the f- the first woman chief minister in India came from Uttar Pradesh, which was Sucheta Kripalani in 1962. So uh, it's, 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 it's had a very fascinating uh, history on that. And Uttar Pradesh has also um, seen a another interesting fact. The only chief minister to get elected twice in Uttar Pradesh was Sampurna Anand in 1957. So up, up Lelo 2022, no chief minister has been elected twice for full terms. So it, it is, it, it. I mean, you have to put those two things in caveats because that's how complicated the history of Uttar Pradesh is. You, of course, start with the Congress being the dominant party in Uttar Pradesh. Then uh, I think post the 60s, when you see the rise of Jansang, 67 election was the big one because after Ral Badu, Shastri, uh, uh, you know, died and Indira Gandhi took over uh, the Congress party and then you had the Congress O forming There was a lot of murmurs in the 1967 Lok Sabha elections around the rest of India, which saw the emergence of various other political forces. Those may, you know, you had the uh, Bharatiya Kranti Dal, which was led by Chaudhary Charan Singh, who formed the government of Uttar Pradesh, supported by Jansang and the Samyukth Socialist Party. Right. And then you had the, uh, like we have talked in these states, the president's rule. Wala kissa. So whenever the Congress's hegemony was challenged in any states, you know, you find found the governments going away. And then you had this crazy situation in the 60s in Uttar Pradesh, where you had a year of president's rule. Then Chandrabhanu Gupta takes over as the Congress chief minister for a year. Then Charan Singh comes back for 225 days. Then there is president's rule again. Then Tribhuvan Narayan Singh comes for 167 days and then Kamala Pati Tripathi from the Congress comes post-1971 again, and then, then you have President's rule again. HN Bahuguna, Narayan Dutt Tiwari, so Uttar Pradesh in the 70s and 80s had a, a very tumultuous time and that sort of led to the 90s as well. But it had some stalwarts like VP Singh, Ram Narayan Yadav, uh, you know, I said uh, the ND Tiwari of course. So all these people were, you know, these congress stalwarts, now what happened was after the emergency. A lot of these pe- people went away so i think HN Bahuguna, if i recall went uh, went and joined the, the Janta del if i'm not mistaken and then of course the famous Allahabad elections where Amitabh Bachchan was brought to defeat Mr. Bahuguna in the Lok Sabha in 1984. That happened and then all of them came back to the Congress and um, and so forth. And if uh, uh, old, slightly, I mean, enthusiasts they would remember in 1996, when the whole PB Narasimha Rao thing happened, there was another Congress offshoot that came up called All India Congress Tiwari, which was led by N.D. Tiwari and Arjun Singh. So again, trying to get those UP. So basically, we went from the Congress, to then the rise of the BJP in 1991, when Rajiv Gandhi, you know, post the opening, the locks of the Babri Masjid and then the whole Shabano case and then the whole Ramjan Mabhumi movement and the BJP rose through the ranks and it went from two seats in the Lok Sabha in 1984 to, we all know, 116 in 1991. What is not well known is out of those 116, I believe 72 state seats just came from UP and Gujarat. 20 came from gujarat and 52 from up of course at that time it was undivided up because the five seats of uttarakhand or uttarakhand was counted with up so from there we get to the contemporary time which is mulayam singh yadav mayawati kalyan singh and again we had the uh, president's rule wala kissa only in the last 20 years has uttar pradesh seen a sort of stable Stable sort of uh, 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 government, and bizarrely enough, the biggest state of India has given the most stable 15 years of governance or governments, where Mahavati ruled from 2007 to 2012, Akhilesh from 2012 to 2017, and then Yogi Adityanath from 2017 onwards. So we've not seen any you know Ayaram Gayaram politics and stuff, which was. A huge feature in Uttar Pradesh in the nineties, where you had um, uh, Naresh Agarwal's party, then Rajiv Shukla had some. Say- so I mean, it was it was all sorts of uh, crazy combinations, and and we'll we'll go through like individual elections and uh, uh, tell you about those. But this is sort of a brief overview of the UP history.
0: Shwetank, now I'll yeah. come to you. So before before uh, you. Uh, start talking about uttar pradesh's history i'll request you because this is your first time on the podcast so tell everybody a little bit about yourself too uh, and then you know what is your experience of uttar pradesh electoral history i'm a
2: biari who, who lives in uh, the gulf <laughs> okay so the fascination for uh, electoral politics started way back when i was a kid so or uh, now since uh, 2009 uh, uh, we have been uh, looking at uh, the electoral politics more keenly uh, 2014 ke
0: so, uh, uh, declare uh, expert declare <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah uh, i keep an eye on uh, electoral
2: politics or for fun for uh, also to understand how because it is one of the most fascinating uh, event every year that it happens some or other state there will be an election uh, and i find nothing more fascinating than indian elections har uh, ke jumle drama and uh, what not uh, nationalism or religion caste uh, dolls there is nothing that doesn't come into play when there is an election. So, of course. Uh, been doing some uh, predictions also here and there and uh, must mm-hmm. uh, confess here that uh, Bengal was absolute disaster. Not for me, for everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't uh, get a pushback. I love to read the elections sir. and put my neck out also. so what so, so Tell me say,
0: what is your uh, historical memory of Uttar Pradesh elections.
2: I mean, just to sum it up, what uh, Adit gave a full detail that since, 2000, since 1967, now it is almost 45 years, Uttar Pradesh has always went out to vote To dislodge a government every time every time it has voted it has voted for against the government so that is the biggest challenge for uh, historically for uh, yogi arithinath whether he can uh, break this jinx or not so if you see the trend up always i mean U.P. There are people who I mean are known to be politically very uh, political equipment and high rather. Every pawn shop, every tea shop, uh, everywhere they discuss politics, whole day. Whether they go out to vote or not, that's a different thing. But voting percentage is always lower than other states compared to. So, I'll start with uh, the complexity of Uttar Pradesh elections. Uh, the complexity is both uh, on uh, religious line as well as caste metrics. People leaders they keep talking about development, law and order, delivery, uh, Vikas, all kind of things they talk, but we cannot ignore the these complex matrix there that 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 goes into play and is very very critical no one likes to talk uh, about the cast matrix but on the ground that is what majorly plays and that is why the uh, candidates are chosen accordingly to uh, match into the equations that is formulated Yeah. So, for a broader base, uh, if we classify the electorate uh, of UP, the biggest chunk is uh, one side is the Muslims and Yadav, which the Samajwadi has been claiming. Lalu Yadav used to claim is a MY combination, and they more or less vote together uh, in tandem. So this chunk is. If even if we uh, take 2011 uh, census, Muslims are roughly around 20% or little plus, uh, somewhere there. Uh, because the last data that we have is only 2011 uh, census, where they were r- roughly 19% plus. So, what I'll do then is I'll Yaris actually put there. up the
0: last, uh, last screen up of the census too so that people can look it up. Um, yeah, yeah, better. Yeah, so I'll do that. Uh, wait, give me a second. I'll put up the caste and religion census. Cast uh, me, religious census data. This is census 2011. So Hindu was 79.73, Muslim was 19.26, Christians 0. 0.18, Sikh 0. 0.32, Buddhist 0. 0.10, Jain 0.11%, other religions 0. 0.001, and not stated 0. 0.21. And this is the district wise data for religion in 2011 now according to this census there is only one Muslim majority district in Uttar Pradesh which is the district of Rampur now uh, I've shared that base data now you can continue yeah
2: so so taking that as a base from uh, 2011 census Muslims today is expected to be around 20% plus uh, of the voters 20%
0: ਨੇ ਕਈ ਜਗ੍ਹਾਉਂ ਪੇ uh ਇਹ ਵੀ 22 23 20% plus is certain. Uh,
2: whether it is 22 23 that uh, can only be a guesstimate. But yeah, along with the others, they, they form a big chunk, which is uh, roughly 30% plus vote, vote share. And uh, Samajwadi Party claims to, they are backing the Samajwadi Party. On the other side is the rainbow of the Hindu votes that we call, it. I mean, which backs the BJP. There, the biggest chunk is the non Yadav OBCs. And if you include the Baniyas also in that, then they are around roughly twenty-seven percent, the non-Yadav ABC, which is a big, big chunk. And if you add to that Dalits also, then it is twenty-two percent additional. So this this itself is around fifty percent of vote share. But out of that uh, Dalit sh- uh, vote share, Mayawati used to have a Fair amount of vote from them, mostly the Jathas, which is eleven percent vote, which always used to be in her pocket uh, historically. I'm talking not beyond two thousand fourteen. Before that, and before two thousand fourteen, she also used to have the uh, a segment of good segment of the upper caste votes. So this combination uh, used to give her an edge. Wherever, I mean, Muslims and all they supported her, she would win the election based on this uh, caste equation. But since 2014, the upper caste vote, which is also around uh, 17, 18%, uh, roughly 18, 19%. They have deserted Mayawati and shifted back to BJP, uh, like back in the nineties. They used to. So now the base of uh, Bhartiya Janta Party, if you include the non Jata Dalits and OBCs, is around 38%, plus add uh, the upper caste, it is around 58%, and I would add Jats also, another 2%. So it's roughly 60%. I'm talking We'll talk about other things uh, later, but this is, this matrix works on the ground. The critical part here is that uh, Mayawati in this particular election, she's anyway, uh, last 10 years, she's out of, uh, I mean, she's not a major force anymore in, in uh, UP. And seeing that the Dalits also have slowly started uh, moving towards BGP. I'm talking about the Jatas out of the elites Because the Jathas and Yadas always had a conflict and they, they just um, hate uh, each other on the ground. It, it was always because of Mayawati and Mulayam Singh, the, these two castes were always fought on the ground. The reason why despite them coming together in 2019, the numerics didn't work because there was no chemistry on the ground. The Dalits wanted to defeat the others, the others wanted to defeat the, the Dalits so that they will have their own representation better than in the uh, alliance. So, if you look at now, we are talking about one uh, political factor which is led by the main challenger led by. Mm, Akhilesh yadav is have a in i can say in his pocket which is supporting him around 30 32% vote share on the other side bjp has roughly around 55 to 60% vote share in in the uh, in the caste matrix rest 10 12 15% all together is distributed among congress is a non player there for four or 5% vote share here and there. Uh, Mayawati, I'm, I predict that she is going to have a debacle this time. If, if Dalits move towards BJP, then uh, in UP, Mayawati's political career is at an end. An, 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 uh, then there is nothing left uh, for her. And then there are others small parties and independents they all share around tetra so these are the two uh, size of vote base we are talking about then comes narratives then comes uh, other agendas vikas and delivery on
0: Which each and other, each party... I'll come here. I'll come here. I'll come here and give uh, everybody a little bit of perspective. As far as OBCs are concerned in Uttar Pradesh, 41% of the Uttar Pradesh population in total are OBCs. This is... uh, The largest grouping among them is Yadavs. It is a guesstimate. There is no sound estimate. And actually, Shwetank was spot on. The, The guesstimate of the percentage of Yadavs being the population of Uttar Pradesh is around 10 to 12%. That's what they say is usually uh that now as far as uh the dalits uh, dalit vote bank is concerned it has two core compo- components the jatavs and the non jatavs which includes the passis right In, uh, which are there and basically till now historically uh the jatav vote has been going to mayawati and the non jatavs right. have moved and the non yadav obcs have moved to BJP in a certain level. Now, I want to share a few other things. Adit, you might also want to come in here. Yeah. And Shwetang, tum bhi dhyan dena. Uh, hmm. um, So, Shwetang, I'm just going to mute you so that we don't have any echo. Um uh, So, awesome. let me just show this to you. The source is... Nalin Mehta's book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that we talked about last week. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the best book, period. Yeah. End of story. Uh, I mean, if you... If you don't read this book, you're missing out. So this is the BJP's success in Uttar Pradesh. These are the first three chapters of Nanil Mehta in his book. So what he has shown is how over a trend from 2009 to 2014 to 2019 and the percentage change, how the rural looks of our seats have gone to BJP. So just look at the trend over here. Unfortunately, I cannot expand on the screen because uh, Kindle does not like uh, expansion on the screen. But I hope people can look at this. So this was slide number one, right? Mm. Now this is slide number two. While key rivals are shrinking, look at the rivals of BJP shrinking. Mm. These are serious issues for these folks. They're not doing well. So BJP is now a party of both the rural Mm. and the town. That's what his conclusion was. Absolutely. so just giving small anecdotes like the BJP made these rural and urban gains without losing its urban support base this yeah. is why when I put the same question to BJP's other deputy chief minister in UP Dinesh Sharma has answered the BJP in real terms is now a party of both the village and the town it is not only the village and not only the town so because why I wanted to bring this bit here is Shwetank raised a very important point Shwetank broke down how the class voting matrices right. you know Work in Uttar Pradesh in the mm-hmm. last few years. So, you know, if somebody would have come and said, Pranam Pramadeo, right? You know, a lot of people have this habit. Logo Adate or Vesem Hindi may be back, Kersaka and Sakuti and Uttar Pradesh podcasts of the Hindi mein baat karni So, mm-hmm. ye kitab, mein, ja, Pustak basically. And there are, you know, many other vote, voting patterns that he covers in the book. Uh, the growth why are they growing also there is something that he shares in the book like wha- what has basically happened uh, in the BJP matrix like I will
1: show the pattern just one point here uh, the, there are two myths about the BJP in the 90s right that fun it was a, one it was a Brahmin Bania party in in centered in the urban area, and then the second myth was keep the the counter to commandal was always mandal or vice versa, depending on whatever part of your debate you said. The mandal politics is, of course, the uh, politics of the 90s, right? Now, what Nalin talks about also, I actually read this chapter before I came to the podcast uh, today, I was reading it yesterday.
0: studied the cast of 2560 Lok Sabha candidates fielded by BJP, SP, Congress, and BSP. In each of UP's 80 Lok Sabha constituencies in every single national election over three decades. Mm. 1,612 Vidhan Sabha candidates fielded by the four parties in 403 assembly constituencies in the 2017 election. 42 state-level BJP office bearers in UP in 2020. 101 government ministries in UP stretching across BJP Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath's Council of Ministers which is 54 in 2020 and sp minister akilesh yadav council of ministers 47 in 2012 98 district level bjp presidents in up in 2020 now bolo i just hey, wanted to share this no no absolutely this is this is
1: very important what what i was saying was that ultimately and this is something he mentions too that It does not matter for a lot of the OBC uh, uh, community in Uttar Pradesh who the chief minister is or what the caste of the chief minister is because there is representational uh, representation at MLA levels MP levels and district levels and you know ministries in ministries so that is what this is done second uh, there are very complicated if you actually go to the next page of the page before in the book that he actually says that there are some castes in some districts which appear like when you sound it okay this might not be a uh, OBC it's pastor
0: or something. Varmas from th- exactly. Noida are Gujars, OBC, Varmas from Eastern UP are SC, Varmas from near Bulandshahr are Sunars, exactly. OBC, Varmas from the Awad region are Kurmis, OBC, and those from Eastern UP are Kayas. Now, my question
1: is, whatever whatever your stand on this is, ultimately is knowing knowing the reality on the ground and playing the politics or, you know, making sure your composition in the party is based on that, right? So that's the first thing. Second, I think BJP erred in the 90s by sidelining Kalyan Singh. So that's why you had the whole... debacle where Kalyan Singh you know, boycotted certain elections, uh, left away, then made statements against the BJP. And then it took, because Narendra Modi was so involved with Uttar Pradesh in the 90s, he knew that if he had to come to power, A, he had to had, have his person look at what the district level units are doing. So Amit Shah went to UP and Kalyan Singh was brought back to the BJP fold in 2013 in a very emotional rally. Now, here is the thing which people forget. In 2012, BJP was an absolute disaster in the Uttar Pradesh local election. They got 47 seats. In fact, Mr. Modi did not even campaign for the BJP in the 2012 elections. You know, there was so much infighting within, you know, the the party at that time. And, And honestly, I don't even blame the prime minister, the then chief minister of Gujarat because they didn't really have a choice. I, I, I don't know if he did a few rallies or something, but th- that's what I recall. If I recall correctly, Numa Bharti was the face. And BJP, I think, ended up with like 47 seats or something. Now, uh, after that, you went to 2017 where you jumped from 47 to 300 plus, right? How did that happen? Or to 70 Lok Sabha seats in 2014. A, uh, I think Mr. Modi made Uttar Pradesh his base camp. He realizes what, what is at stake. Second, I think he realized the caste complexities of Uttar Pradesh. And to do, now Shwedang mentioned the JAT vote, right? JAT vote is only 2% of UP or two more than 2%. But then if you take that 2% and apply that over Western UP region, where the JAT population is based, in terms of the impact of the seat, it becomes significantly higher. Right. Now, in Western UP, BJP faces
0: another uh, okay, challenge. One minute, so This important point. Hai na. Ye page khola hai. Yeah. Ne hai? this page. BJP representation. This expansion was primarily based on non-Yadav OBCs. Over 20 subcategories like Kurmis, Jats, Seni's. That's exactly what hmm. you're saying. Morias, etc. They did not have representation in the previous OBC-dominated Akhilesh Yadav-led administration of the SP which was dominated by Yadavs. basically, they went to the non non yadav obcs right that's what they yeah. did yeah, but 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 what what is curious is that
1: in Western UP, where you have the uh, uh, Muslim population in a certain districts like Moradabad, and more than forty percent, right? There are uh, uh, stuff. And then what used to happen is essentially there was uh, uh, the Hindus, a uh, majority chunk of the Hindus were voting for the BJP, and the Muslim population and the OBC population together were either voting for Samajwadi Party or BSP. as a Now what has happened is the the Jat population that Earlier did not vote with the OBC population. Was started to vote together for the BJP candidate, right? Because of representation, koi bhi issues. Ho. So that is what we uh, uh, sort of see as a changing trend in the last five six years. And that has also meant the decline of another party from Western UP, which is the RLD or Ajit Singh's party. So this time, Samajwadi Party has done an alliance with Jayant Chaudhary, knowing that we they cannot hope to cause damage without getting JAT votes and before we write the epitaph of that alliance um, one thing curious to note is the margins of victory for BJP in Western UP were very minimal last time in some seats like they won Bakpat by some 4000 votes then Jayan Chaudhary lost his seat by a few thousand votes as well so that could be a loss of one Lok Sabha seat but if you translate that to Vidhan Sabha the situation gets more
0: complicated.
1: So that's my sort of two cents that it, it, there are a lot of local factors at play.
0: Shwetank, this chart, chart basically means ki BJP ki OBC or SC representation in BJP leadership in UP, they call it the top line view. Lok Sabha candidates 57.5%, Vidhan Sabha, those are 52.8%, state office bearers, including one ST candidate, 50%. UP Government Ministers under uh, CM Yogi Adityanath 48.5%. District Presidents 35.62%. interesting The most striking feature kitab kethi, of the new BJP is the rising representation of women in the UP state-level leadership. Women accounted for 23.8% of BJP state-level offer bearers in 2020, including one-fourth of its vice president. So, my question is, is that the Women Vote Bank which BJP that BJP is cultivating how much is the benefit of your okay
2: uh, Just to add a few points where uh, Adit was. that 1990s me, when uh, Kalyan Singh was let off. Okay, BJP had no other re- uh, option because he he resigned after 1992 uh, Babri Masjid. And after election, the election, they had to face the tha. That is where the difference is. That was the BJP. This is Narendra Modi's BJP. Here, when they won the election in 2017, the first thing that they did, they brought in uh, Yogi Adityanath as the chief minister. So here there is no confusion. They know what is their vote uh, base is. Or uh, 2014 May, from where it all changed and why... uh, uh, Amit Shah was given a tag of Chanakya or this. Because all these developments, if you see, started before 2014 election in UP, where the, the presentation based on all these castes, OBCs ka itna bada chunk hai, they should get that, those many candidates. Uh, just because the Baniyad and other cast were the... Uh, the original BJP of 80s were asked to just hold back and they will get their share as per their representation in the state. As per their, uh, similarly, they gave a lot of seats to uh, Dalits and women. So the main matrix calculation was done uh, before 2014, Lok Sabha election, and that is what is in continuity even today that whether it is uh, assembly election or Jila Parishad election or uh, MP election, you get faces uh, from the community, from the locality, which represents the uh, electorate there in that constituency. In this calculation, BJP has masterminded uh, their calculations. So now coming back to a women voter, which Kushal was asking, Women has been a focus of BJP because they know uh, that that is where they can break the caste barrier. If they can maintain the deliveries uh, to the household, they can break wherever the caste barrier is there. They can break it through women. So they have given them the representation in in, uh, the leadership even Jila Parishad leadership, you will see so many, uh, if you have the data, I don't actually uh, have the No, no, so I put data. it up.
0: So this is the UP BJP state-level office bearers women share in leadership. And as you see that uh, it has consistently been there and it has been rising. And UP BJP OBC and SC women make up 60% of state-level women office bearers. This is Today, outstanding. Today, if, if if only women
2: voters are voting in, uh, suppose men don't vote and only women vote in UP,
0: <laughs> you know,
2: they will get almost uh, 85% seat uh, in, in, in uh, UP. That is the kind of women's support at the ground is there for uh, Bharti Janta Party. Even in SP or in APNA uh, DAL or in uh, RLD, women tend to break the barrier and lean towards BJP. This is what it has done because they have got the representation. Why Lalu Yadav and Mulayam Yadav became such big leaders? Because not what they did for this Samaj, they gave them representation. They did nothing for the Samaj.
0: But yeah, Yeah. they gave them the space in, in political space. You know, not only that, just for the record, the BJP fielded the highest number of OBC candidates in 2017 elections, assembly elections. It was more than every single political outfit, right? Uh, whether people want to admit to it or not, this is just a fact of life. Uh, Adit, I want to come to you now. Yeah. So talk about this slide. Talk about there is- this slide. No, no, and there is one other, look, we'll, we'll, before
1: we talk about the slide, Kushal, there is one uh, other point also. I think, the representation meant that you do a caste complexities in leadership, in chief ministers, council of ministers. So, you would have statistics ki, achha, minister hai, is se 15 OBC, 15 SC, you know, as right? And, you had this bizarre situation. So, Kalyan Singh actually did come back as a chief minister in 1996 after the whole guest house Thing happened with uh, BSP and Mayawati. Uh, the 1996 election is where it gets a little funky. So BJP gets 177 seats and SP-BSP gets 176 seats. So then SP-BSP do the alliance. Now tragically the whole guest house uh, situation happens and so yeah. Mayawati and Mulam, that's when Mayawati resolves never to go back to Mul- with Mulayam again and of course 2019. Mm-hmm. Then Kalyan Singh comes back and then uh, there was some weird sort of thing that happened that Kalyan Singh goes away in two years. Ram Prakash Gupta comes uh, over, then he goes away and then Rajnath Singh takes over. Right? So there is sort of a balancing of castes, balancing of base that is done in chief ministership rather than providing, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, I am not sure. council of ministries. But instead what has happened now is that that has transcended to the level of MLAs, ministries and stuff. So that's why the base is still intact. That base has increased, right? So that is there now. Coming back to the page you wanted to talk about Kushal, if you can pull up, yeah,
0: yeah. So this is a cast composition of BJP, SP, BSP, INC, Vidhan Sabha candidates for UP in two thousand seventeen. Just look at the, the numbers speak for itself. You know, they they this entire trope about BJP in UP or BJP in general being a brahmin Baniya party, it it just doesn't hold anymore.
1: Actually, and that then, is only true. There is only true for one party. Uh, being a upper caste relatively upper caste party that is the indian national congress yes they, they, exactly. they, they are the only ones who keep getting sections from uh, certain upper caste uh, uh, things and uh, my my joke at the behest of being tro- trolled mercilessly for this is i equate uh, congress leadership to amar leadership <laughs> so basically <laughs> jitne amar ujala congress ko vote kerte. no yeah, but i mean no but right Right, right, right. Jokes apart, I think the, the problem with con- Congress is interesting. Hua hai, ki they have a few stalwarts who have not ever lost their seats. And they have all their in the So there is a rumor going on. And it was such a setting in other parties that if you give me seat, mujhe jitwa do, I will ensure that five candidates around me are weak candidates. And uh, they will they will ensure. So wo, when you have strong sort of national leaders, strong pan-state leaders, that setting goes away. Because suddenly now suddenly the local issues are not the issues, right? The issues become more sort of uh, statewide and stuff. But th- there is another sort of problem uh, with what you said, Kushan, is up is administratively ginormous like it is as big as a country right so how do you because there are four distinct regions of up i think we forgot to mention that one is western up then there is Purvanchal or eastern up then there is Avat pradesh which is the central region and then there is bundelkhand which borders uh madhya pradesh and others so there even within the regions, there were com- combinations like Avad Pradesh, the Samajwadi Party, Central UP used to do better, Bundelkhand was a fortress for Mayawati, right? Purvanchal was more of a trifecta, and then Western UP you had sort of, uh, and BJP was one party jam, 90s said because of the Janmabhoomi movement and since, they had sort of representation across all four regions. So how do you how does how does that how do you take that and translate that to you know uh, 40 42% 45% vote share was i think they realized that you have to stop looking at UP as a state and start looking at it as 80 districts or 85 districts and that, Very good.
0: Yeah. So what you're talking about is what you're saying is basically essentially targeted uh capturing right uh, you decentralize your strategy that's what BJP has done what do you so again, I'm going to read some excerpts from the book and I'll come to you. So the BJP after 2013 fo- focused specifically on non-Yadav OBCs and non jatav SCs. Mm-hmm. May, malay, book book, mm-hmm. basically. Aur kuch... Abhi ye hai. Since 2017, the BJP has not only given tickets to castes like Nishad's and Rajbars, but also visibly shared power with them. It is not a coincidence, for example, that it fielded four Rajabhar and five Nishad candidates, a very small proportion of its 403 candidates in 2017. And yet, Yogi Adityanath made it a point to feature a Rajbar, Anil Rajbar, and a Nishad Jai Prakash Nishad minister in his council. So, this is composition of UP office bearers in 2020.
1: Ka. Um, yeah, and- One quick point, Kushal, to add to this is the, the interesting alliance that BJP did with Om Prakash Rajbar, right? Now he's not with the BJP, but you talk about within the Rajbar community. And if you listen to their interview, right? This guy, fellow who runs London Top, I don't agree with him on all issues, but he's been talking, going and talking to various UP leaders, right? He talked to even Rajbar, asked Raja Bhai about this thing. Unko ap suno. You don't agree with it, but up soon, then, then you'll realize why they are who they are in their few seats and why they've become sort of Bahubalis of certain seats. And to defeat that ideology within seats, BJP had to decentralize their approach. Right. Aapka local candidate, aapko, if you have people who are having issues with their college admissions, they will go to the local MLA. Right. If the local MLA says that, no, no, I'm office," to the hu." office, then he's going to vote for the other guy. And where the other guy takes goes to the college principal and yells at them again, not a strategy I endorse, but I'm just giving an example that this is what resonates with people on the ground. So I think sometimes people like we who do analysis and uh, people who are sitting in Delhi tend to look at state trends very at a national level, ideological level, and things like that. But when you hear these five seat, ten seat, fifteen seat independent MLA parties, that's when you know he actually ho kya hai, districts. I just yeah, want to...
2: We'll talk about uh, it uh, when uh, region wise, uh, rather uh, going district wise. We'll talk region wise. And then we'll talk about how this alliances with Nishads and Rajputs, how it works on the ground, or her segment may her phase phase one, phase two, phase three. You'll see the change in uh, the campaign mode. You know, from that you start campaigning in eastern UP. You you talk something else. You go to Awadh. You talk something else. You go to Eastern UP and then the campaign uh, propaganda is something else. But overall, let us conclude the caste matrix uh, here that there is a base for BJP, which is a big base. And unless there is a massive uh, shift in loyalty, uh, then uh, it's very difficult to uh, defeat that... uh, i mean that bigger vote base you know there are certain um, in eastern up if you if we talk to there were some anger there was talk of anger uh, with reference to farm laws and the narrative was had put bjp on the back foot there is no denial on that uh, even the covid management during uh, the second phase after that, after second phase of second wave of COVID, BJP nationally was on, on a back foot. Because that was the kind of news that was going on everywhere. So whoever is the incumbent, it will hit them. There is no doubt about that. But I also remember that before 2017 had come demonetization. And so much bro ah, about demonetization. Oh, the, so Sarkar gayi and what the uh, up did overwhelming majority to uh, bharti Janata party so it's not about some narrative build in daily uh, news circuit okay it's about the trust and faith in the intent of the leader as well okay there there were no uh, cm face in BJP, and that was their own biggest uh, drawback when they went for as a challenger in 2017. But without any CM phase, the faith in Narendra Modi was such huge that they won the entire election only on again uh, Modi wave. That I don't see even today uh, has declined any bit. And on top of that, there is another leader who is batting like uh, Tendulkar and Sehwag in tandem so, and the, it is very visible uh, that the, that the Yogi Adityanath is de facto leader of uh, Bharatiya Janta Party in uh, Uttar Pradesh and his popularity is only second to Narendra Modi. Uh, there is no denial in that.
0: No, So, but oh. I want to get into this, Shwetan. We are regional uh, variations in UP. Ke mein baat karte so, what do you about First, I will start with Eastern then uh,
2: uh, Adit will take it forward uh, wherever I wish to, I will join maybe Awad or Eastern UP. The biggest challenge was for them was the first couple of phases of Eastern UP. Because the narrative uh, and attention that the kind of attention that Achillesh was getting in the media uh, not only Akhilash, Akilesh and Jayant, uh, the duo, that they have come together. The region is uh, Jat-based region, Jat, and and the there's a um, anti-farm law anger in the uh, entire region. There is no denial in that. Before uh, the farm law was taken back, there were in that particular region there were so many protests. People, Tikat and all—all all those people will come from that. I think you are talking about
1: Western UP, though, not Eastern. Western, Western UP. Oh, sorry, just to, just to clarify. A Eastern first so first can... phase. Ha, correct, correct, correct. The no. first couple
2: of phases I am talking about. Correct, the Western correct, UP. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's where the Jats come into play. Of course, yeah. Uh, if we again go back to the numerics, hmm. Yadavs and Jats together and. Uh, muslims numerically they will e- easily defeat uh, bjp in western up but that region is also the maximum polarized region of entire uh, uttar pradesh the region being 2013 uh, riots and that is still a talking point and the religious sentiments are very high in this region this is absolutely polarized region, and in this region, some of the victims were Jats also. Making a narrative that Jats will vote along with Muslims to defeat BJP is beyond comprehension. Okay, we have seen uh, Jayant Yadav also, uh, 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 also losing his own seat, so he is not a de facto Jat leader. Ajit Singh was. And this entire bunch used to vote for Ajit Singh. But they have, since 2014, you take any number, whether uh, Jila Parishad election, 2014, 17, 19, Jats have voted for BJP. Clearly. So, so this region, which was the most challenging, also BJP, in my uh, understanding, in my reading, based on their votes, is doing fairly well. Then comes uh, Bundelkhand onwards and Central U.P. Uh, Central U.P. has once upon a time it was Congress basin, but since Mulayam Yadav emerged, and this area is full of Yadavs and uh, Muslim, this is a very strong basin of SP historically even Bundelkhand, but Bundelkhand in last seven years, the biggest talking point is the delivery on water shortages. This is one thing which if you go to Bundelkhand because people used to go miles and miles to get water to prepare food at home. There so many tanks coming up, tap water is being getting supplied. People there don't want jobs. They don't want, uh, I mean, they, they of course want, but that's not the election uh, muddha there. Working on water is what has worked for them in 2019, and now the work on water is even uh, much more vast in Bundelkhand, and that is whenever I have saw, seen any video clip or talked to any uh, reporter there, or some people from there, in this particular area, this is the talk. But yeah, the cast composition there, and all in, in the central uh, UP, is not that favorable for BJP. The, that gap is a little lesser. But again, the issue there is that If it was a three-way election, if Mayawati was also a factor, then SP would have done fairly well. But if Mayawati's core vote shifts towards BJP, which is, and she has surprisingly, made a call publicly on camera asking her voters to defeat Samajwadi party. And if for that they need to vote for Barthi Janata party, vote for them. It's not a small call. So that if it works, I'm giving it with a caveat. If if Dalits, the Jatos uh, out of the, the Dalits, if they also shift towards BJP, then the strongest area of uh, Samajwadi party also will not be very favourable, will not give a favourable number for uh, Samajwadi Party. Yes, Adit.
1: No, no, I, I want to add something. I agreed yeah. uh, with you Shurank, on this. Um, in Western UP, achha, so there is one uh, curious factor, Kushal. So in 2017, SP and Congress fought in alliance together, where Congress, I think, got, they gave them 100 seats, which was, I think, 90 too many, if you ask me. <laughs> but uh, if, if you add the percentage that SP and BSP got, It was actually larger than what the BJP got. BJP got about 39.6%, but SP and BSP got 43%. Of course, that did not translate when they actually came together in 2019. Because I, I believe that now people do vote very differently in Lok Sabha and Vidhan Sabha. So more likely than not, with Prime Minister Modi as a face, more people would have gravitated towards the BJP. Where it gets a little funky is, and I mentioned two, three constituencies. One is, say, Baghpat. Then the other is where uh, Ajit Singh fought Muzaffarnagar. All these areas, uh, BJP won the seats by less than 1% of the votes, right? And uh, you had RLD, you had SP in certain places where the swing in favor of the candidates was like 15, 20, 25%. Now, what Shwetang said, uh, sort of agreeing to that point that BJP without the support of Mayawati almost lost those seats and would have certainly lost certain MLA seats. I don't know if there was some last minute understanding with Mayavati or sort of some vote transferring that took place, but they would need that taken place. Now, there is a second thing that I want to put out on. If the BJP does reach out or give the olive branch to Mayavati, where does that make the uh, 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 understanding of Yogi and Mayavati? Is is this coming from Delhi or is this coming from Lucknow? That's a question that needs to answer because within BJP also, see, with success comes this power dynamics also where there are factions and things will start, right? So there is also positioning about who will lead, who will follow Mr. Modi as the prime ministerial face and things like that. So all those debates will start also with BJP winning. So I don't think BJP winning is not going to open Pandora's boxes. It's going to open severe pa- many Pandora- Pandora's boxes, if I may say so, in Delhi and Lucknow. And what Shwedan said is very important that I think BJP is banking on that extra 3-4% that jumps from Mayabati, the jatav vote that goes towards the BJP, because that could swing many seats.
2: Even for uh, Prime Minister candidate, if uh, Yogi wins this election, decisively and also contributes uh, the same kind of numbers from uh, up in 2024 mm-hmm. then up has 80 seats my dear friend then he is by default the uh, the claimant then it will depend i mean uh, how the power plays how the, yep. the other leaders work upon but
0: he will be the on uh, in the um, pole position without doubt yeah, but uh, but obviously that is not something that we can be concerned about right now. We should be focusing yeah, on the yeah. Vidhan Sabha level. Uh, exactly. So- no, no, I'm coming back to the, the reason so- I men- mentioned this was
1: that because Shwetan talked about Mayavati, I was just giving all the caveats to Mayavati's mm-hmm. statements.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I, I want to take a few questions also before we wrap it up. So mm-hmm. one last thing, um, as far as the electoral map of Uttar Pradesh is concerned and You know, because the election is held in such a huge time, obviously because of the size of the state and the election commission and COVID has had. So one last question to both of you. How much of an impact do you think uh, COVID has had on the election uh, in terms of, look, people have suffered economically, whether we like it or not. COVID has been a humongous debacle. So, Adit, I'll first come to you and uh, Shwetang Mujay, tomorrow we'll be back because the, then I want to take a couple of questions and then we, before wrapping up, from the audience also. So, how much of a factor is COVID going to be, Adit, in, in your view? In so, this there
1: are two aspects of COVID, right? One is the personal stories of people, right? Where, if you personally a apathy uh, uh, experience ki hai and stuff like that, the, the response is going to be. A lot stronger than you go, and one understands that right it was a terrible time the second thing is pan-state wise pan-state wise thoda impact rahega, but not enough to flip the elections because globally itni halat buri thi or india may bhi utni halat buri thi last year right when the whole delta thing happened and then post delta there has been some sort of a recovery in uh, uh the COVID thing but right now i see one topic which is sort of acting as a counterweight to covid in terms of Popularity or something of the BJP is one is security. I I don't think we talked about that on this podcast. But I talked to many friends I have in UP and many analysts and they said and one of the reasons why Shwetang said the women of Uttar Pradesh are overwhelmingly swinging is the sense of security. Ki the lawlessness of the Gundaraj or you know, the extension of jungle Raj. Uh, my friend Shwetank is more qualified to talk about what jungle Raj meant in Bihar than I am. But the extension when Mulayam Singh Yadav was in uh, uh, power, in uh, or Akhilesh was in power from 2012 to 2017, and the perceived like now the situation is better in terms of law and order that is actually playing a factor also so i have found when i talk to people when people or many pollsters go to the ground and say Ki, people are willing to look past covid as an issue as long as it has not affected them personally now i know this is very ridiculous heartless statement to make and it has affected everyone but that's the reality of the ground because a year has passed, Shayad election, agar hote, it would have been a bigger issue than it is today.
2: I I actually totally in, uh, agree with uh, what uh, Aditya is saying. Uh, Covid was an issue, without doubt. It was an issue and uh, everyone, uh, in everybody's messages, you will find somebody in the extended family, something has happened, some incidents happened, but I see people have moved on uh, after getting vaccinated, come back to normalcy. But yeah, the personal issues will remain there. And uh, there, people will strongly uh, keep that also as a, a, a factor in while voting. But there is another thing when we talk about COVID as an impact, COVID ha- has been an impact which is the best thing to prove that is along with law and order, the biggest uh, along with the uh, law and order, the biggest talking point is the ration delivery. So ration delivery becomes very critical in an election itself is a proof that people were desperate and they needed food and they were in, in, in distress. And that distress, when they were given food, they, f- they felt uh, being taken care of. I have not seen this kind of, I mean, ration delivery. I, I never imagined that it will become such a big uh, electoral factor, but it has. Uh, it, after law and order, that's the second thing that has become an electoral factor in this UP election, but that also t- suggests that people will e- actually in distress.
1: Uh, you know, Kushal, as as someone who is interested in, in uh, we are interested in electoral politics and uh, elections since the 90s, right? This last two these last two years have been a very curious sort of thing where you've seen elections without the colourful characters of the 90s. So in Bihar, you had the first election without really Lalu Prasad the other being campaigning. I mean, he was in you know jail uh, for I, I don't know if he was released on bail before or something. Then mm-hmm. you had in Tamil Nadu without jail Alita and Karunanidhi who both have passed away in Uttar Pradesh. Mulayam Singh more or less has retired now. I mean, he's not as active. Mayawati is getting, you know, close to sort of uh, finishing her political career in terms of retirement. Amar Singh passed away because Amar Singh used to be a big, you know, uh, factor that people N.D. Tiwari, of course, is no longer around. So it's... it's, Azam Khan is in jail. Azam Khan is in jail. So, I mean, there are so many characters that we talked about in Uttar Pradesh, you know, those Bahubalis, those dons that used to be discussed about in certain districts we don't talk about uh, uh, them anymore so it, it's it's a very it's a very interesting time to be looking at elections uh, we haven't noticed it but i think now we can say that the next generation or the next uh, line of leaders has taken over slowly in other states and the older guard is slowly being less and less talked about
0: true i agree with that okay there are two questions here So someone has asked, how much do votes of UPIs living in other states matter?
1: Um, From what I uh, have heard in certain seats significantly, uh, they they said many, uh, this is anecdotally, um, a lot of people told me that especially like near Banaras and there are certain areas where there were weavers and certain um, people who are working in Surat and other parts of Gujarat and then they would uh, actually sometimes come back and they would talk about how the development situation was in Gujarat or how they were leading a better life and so forth. And people said that that actually uh, gave Mr. Modi a very positive sort of uh, 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 aspect in wherever they are. So I think uh, the votes of UPIs from other states do matter, uh, but they won't matter mathematically they will matter in terms of chemistry or in terms of impact of uh, XYZ leader is doing well, XYZ leader. Like, if someone from Maharashtra, someone is living in Maharashtra and they come, I mean, they are not going to start voting for Sena if they like Shivsen or NCP in Maharashtra, right? But it is going to change perspectives about a lot of sort of uh, leaders or local issues that are, exist. It also
2: but, works numerically uh, also. Hmm. Like, if you see last uh, phase, hmm. uh, the lowest vote wo- polling percentage was uh, the urban area of uh, prayagraj yeah. overall the phase voted above 55 uh, nearly 60% prayagraj voting was uh, 51% okay because people not being in their constituency you know so it numerically mm. also works
0: Okay you know one more thing that i have noticed with the uh, with the migrant voters there are two three factors obviously a- adit is actually kind of right that statistically it may not make much of a difference in the overall result in the vidhan sabha because up has huge numbers in per constituency when it comes to vidhan sabha constituencies uh secondly a lot of people don't realize that a lot of migrant workers are no longer migrants anymore they they actually end up becoming voters of other states like a lot of folks from up and bihar end up being voters in Maharashtra, for example, in Gujarat, for example. In fact, in Maharashtra, there is a huge scope of UP and Bihar voters, which is and you know that, that Mumbai, is part of our politics in Maharashtra. Yeah,
1: and in, 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 in Sanjay Nirupam was touted as shiv sena by shiv sena as sort of the north indian leader again uh, this insane uh thing of clubbing all states of north india together but back in the day i'm talking about 15 years ago or 16 years ago yeah, that yeah. is what it was said so of there course, is a... otherwise.
2: why would bjp make manoj tiwari the party chief in delhi
1: yeah yeah so absolutely mm-hmm. right so, so the, the, the migrant migrant votes do uh do matter but what is interesting is they uh, it also depends on the concentration So in Maharashtra, they only really, uh, it parts of Pune and Mumbai, right? Apart from that, Mm -hmm. you would not see the impact in the rest of Maharashtra. Similarly, in Gujarat, very pockets of Ahmedabad and Surat, but not, uh, again, not electorally that much to, uh, you know, make a change. But if they take back what they've seen on the ground, back to the states or the cities or something like that, or, you know, tell their families, cousins, achkal the WhatsApp, forward. Okay you actually see a lot more uh,
0: impact yeah so uh, another question Shwetank I'll come to you first hmm. does the BJP have an edge in consolidating their votes given that they have now got a pan-national presence so it might end up benefiting them slightly even in an assembly election
2: oh yes uh, I mean but depends on the also on the certain uh, states you know, where the 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 cadre has no presence almost. Like I mean, it's it will take uh, uh, years to have presence in Kerala uh, or states like that. But, but yes, since it is becoming the only uh, uh, the pan national party, so everyone wants to uh, I mean uh, come to the power sector. You know, to in to share the power. So they will uh, slowly, slowly uh, come uh, towards BJP definitely, and it helps definitely. Take one,
0: take okay. so, ah. you
1: know, if I were to take that question, uh, Kushal, uh, I think nationally, pan-nationally, because they, uh, they, they now BJP has become the default party of you know uh, like the default national party. What Congress used to be in the '90s. Because you know, they're nationally Bolo, yeah. You know, in certain regions where they've become the dominant party of governance um, or the default party. That, um, the problem with the problem with BJP is that it is it has certain limitations in terms of how much it can expand, right? Like in UP, you cannot, like you, the seats that it got in 2014, they cannot get more than that. It's just not going to be possible. one If someone wants to be tongue-in-cheek, they're like, I 2014, me, wo 2019. Me. So you Acha, wo add karlo. But mathematically, you cannot get more than 70, 72 seats. So BJP has reached come that from point Gujarat with 26 seats. Come on. Uh, but, the, the 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 demographic the seat calculations those are very different now BJP eighty two out of eighty two it depends on whether everyone is, is fighting independently or together in Uttar Pradesh. Right. So so no, in no, terms, terms of in, the... I don't know, I know, I know, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but Gujarat, Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh, uh, UP, uh, Bihar, they have reached a point as NDA or BJP where they are Karnataka where they are sort of at the maximum right so consolidation can only happen now in other states because there will be certain decline in these states whether that consolidation in other states is enough to match the decline like offset the decline in these states i don't i don't think so I think uh, 2024 that is why it becomes a very curious election uh mr modi as a singular leader as a central leader can probably pull in more votes than others can but when you talk about state like my state of gujarat goes to polls end of this year and we've seen change of guardian chief ministers it's going to be a very close fight for BJP.
0: so one last question that someone has asked and i think it does matter uh, because I, I, I'll I set it in perspective, because look, we did show the caste breakdown of UP and the caste representation matrix of BJP and how they have been pinpoint uh, accuracy ke going and giving representation to members of different castes and communities. But there is also one more factor. That is the factor of Hindutva. Whether we like it or not, BJP's politics is a mixture of welfareism, Hindutva and adequate caste representation yes. in Uttar Pradesh, right? It is a three-pronged strategy, but how much of an impact may, uh, again, uh, and then Adit just jump in when Swetank is done. And then this will be the last question. How much of the breaking down of caste barriers has Hindutva played in your opinion, societally, uh, and, and what might be the potential impact electorally eventually in the long run for Indian politics? I'm not talking about BJP. I'm talking about Indian politics. Look,
2: I mean, uh, breaking down, it all started with uh, the Mandal Kamandal uh, issue. You know, when uh, the Mandal started, then at that time to galvanize all the Hindu votes to remain in one basket. Okay, Uh, the Kamandal politics started. And I would say, politically, if you ask me. But then, with the rise of these uh, regional parties, which emerged as the parties of their subcaste, like uh, Mulam Singh is the leader of Yados, and then Mayawati is the leader of the Dalits, then the society that way was getting much more fragmented in those times than it is today when they, all those subcastes come in one basket, okay? And they are given, um, and to come in one basket, you have to bargain. How do you bargain? Then then you give them the fair presentation based on the numbers uh, in the society. So this game, that of the political um, uh, equation game that has been uh, working is actually helping creating a, on one side a Hindu rainbow party, you know, where every uh, subcast is present and everyone gets their representation as per their their, uh, electoral power in terms of numbers. So I see that it is uh, only a positive move in that reference. But if the identity politics continues, uh, if the caste remain a factor, which electorality, uh, electorality it is, I whether we like or we don't, so then identity politics will also remain. And if it continues, then I mean, you know, uh, uh, I mean, caste is one the biggest drawback for our society. Uh, but electorally, I don't think in the near future, we see that this identity politics is changing.
0: And I just want to clarify here, I, when I was asking this question, uh, I asked a more holistic and larger question because A, nor am I saying that there is only one movement that is against casteism in India. Yes, the left also has many movements against casteism in India. But the one most holistic movement that has put all Hindus under one umbrella is Hindutva. People may not like facts, but those are the facts. I mean, I know some people who are leaning left and there is, you know, the neo-Umbedkarite movement also that works against this it. It's fine. Everybody has their own opinion. But right. the point I mean, is that- that's how. It works that if
2: the late upper caste OBCs all are, I mean, given representation, their ministers working together. I mean, only then, slowly and gradually, things will change and, and the, the differences yeah, yeah. will uh, be. And uh, will
0: go. Yeah, and not only that, I'm not even denying the existence of casteism in India. I mean, I am. A known opponent of the annihilation of Jati Varna. I, I, I don't even hide my opinions about it anytime, <laughs> nor on the podcast or nor on Twitter. But uh, Adit, maybe you can have the last words and then we'll uh, wrap up today's discussion.
1: Yeah, so Hindutva as a political movement I think uh, has like gotten the BJP where it had to. Right Now, Hindutva, can Hindutva work as a maintaining force in power? If I were to paraphrase your question, it is that. And Hindutva by itself cannot. It has to be added with development, delivery and so forth. So I think Mr. what Mr. Modi realized earlier in 2014, for for better or for worse, he sort of went away from simple market economics to a more deliverance mechanism where, you know, you had the focus certainly became on Ujwala scheme, you know, on uh, Janadhan Yojana and things like that, direct benefit transfer of what your lower economic Paradigm like structure, pe delivery mechanism, um, hai, direct delivery karna hai, and things like that. Now it will work if it's an added thing. If BJP loses right now, the BJP is where it is because it's maintained a certain sort of balance between both of them. Where to where people if the balance shifts either way, I don't know if the electoral gains will be the same. Now it could be even more. I, I'm not sure, right? But the the question is, um, can can one be sacrificed as at the at the expense of others? I don't think so. So that is why you have not only the delivery mechanism which is being talked about, but also the cultural uh, discussion. Even if, within the cultural debate and all, there is still going to be the debate of textbooks ka kya Are we going to see any updates on that? Are we going to see on certain setting the narrative? Um, i think that will be a work in progress and that will only that can only change ballet because first after you see like 15000 books written from the right of center narrative from the right wing narrative explaining their point of view which will translate into you know this can't be top down approach this has to be bottom up approach where you right. have intellectual arguments you have uh, discussions on what you believe in and then have proper debates and only then can you you know sort of progress further
0: all right. So, so, okay. One last question. Just, yeah. Numbers me answer de uh, shwetank So, do you think BJP is winning or not? Or kya number hai? Bol de. <laughs> baad mein troll <laughs> 275 plus. <laughs> <laughs> hai. And, and when it starts By from
2: there, then where
1: it will end, uh, no one knows. No, my, my number is not as ambitious as Shwetang, as you would know. Uh, I think BJP is significantly in f- front. Uh, if if I were to uh, make a hedge bet or something, it would, it, right now, it, it will comfortably cross the halfway point, like two, between 200 and 220, uh, where I see the problems for the BJP is in many local seats. And right now, the Abhaz Pradesh and the Western UP hold the key. Where Samajwadi Party and RLD have the maximum potential to, you know, dam- do damage. Uh, if there is a complete capitulation of Mayawati's vote in uh, uh, in Bundelkhand and uh, parts of other uh, parts of Uttar Pradesh, uh, BJP is going to gain. BJP is going to be the party to gain at that expense. But w- there is one one last caveat I want to put, and people forget about it. Congress still has about seven to eight percent of the vote, close to even ten percent of the vote in Uttar Pradesh, and Indicators are that out of those 10, 7 to 8% is being transferred to Samajwadi Party combined. How that will work in Vidhan Sabha, I don't know. But any party transferring 6 to 7% of the vote share, that is makes for some very crazy calculations. But this time we can make one prediction for sure. This is a two-horse race. It is going to be a, a, a UP election which we have never seen. Like there is not going to be three-cornered contests like normally used to happen in UP.
2: When Congress and SP were fighting together as a force, at that time Congress was not able to transfer its vote to SP. How they will transfer their vote now? No, because, no because because
1: because Congress does not have pan UP vote, but they, they were fighting on paper together. I right? am saying the local cadres. Like, they don't have to say ki hum, vote hai. last minute jo I, I, I don't know. But there is there is a chance that could happen uh, that could happen in certain seats. But kya hota hai, right now, UP, BJP does seem to be uh, ahead, leaning ahead in UP.
0: Okay, no, no. I, I'll give a number or to be very honest, this is just a number that i'm giving i think around 240 250 to bjp uh is the most likely scenario anyways we'll wrap today's discussion up uh, shwetank uh, adit as always fun chatting with you guys uh, and thanks for coming on the podcast
2: thank um, you so very
0: much thank you all right, guys, time to wrap today's discussion up. Uh, as always, please subscribe to the Charvak podcast channel, like the video, leave your comments over there and also support the Charvak podcast by becoming a member on YouTube or, uh, or on Patreon or buying the Charvak podcast merch or sending a donation to UPI. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Uh, I'm doing a book discussion. You'll figure it out when I make the announcement. Uh, until then, namaste, take care, good. Ah.